What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Rack Chat Podcast. Uh, glad to be here. Another nice Sunday. You're going to be hearing this on either Monday or the weeks out or the days after. But we record on Sundays. Um, well, we try to at least. The past couple of weeks, we've been having some scheduling issues. Uh, just trying to find a time to get in and actually record. We've all been so busy. But... Um, we got some good stuff to talk about with you today, and uh, I do want to throw out that the, this person I'm getting ready to introduce has actually done more hunting uh, in the last, like, two weeks than he has, like, since, like, the last three, four months, um, and I'm kind of proud of him, but I'm also kind of ashamed to call him my friend because he hasn't hunted at all this season, but hey, how you doing, Trav? I'm good, just, you know, letting the bus finally roll on after rolling over top of me there, but, you know, I'm good. <laughs> you put it in reverse and go back over you? I, you already did. It's okay. <laughs> well, so you've uh, you've been duck hunting. Don't get into uh, it too much because we're going to talk about it later, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's We actually finally got a cold front that got birds in the area, then pushed birds out. Now we're waiting on the fall to bring the birds back. For the How's your week. foot? Is it still broke? Oh, no, we're golden, buddy. It's oh. been about a month now I'm out of the boot, you know. I mean, it, it hurts a little bit here and there, you know, when you step the wrong way and, you know, knee-deep mud and your foot twists, and it's not supposed to twist that way. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. It's funny. We've talked just about every single day, and I've we haven't talked about your foot in over a month. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wonder if <laughs> Travis's foot still broke. Oh, no, no, she's golden. Well, I, I wouldn't say golden, but yeah, it's fine. I'm out of the booth, walking normal, doing normal stuff. Back to normal working. And, but, um, well, that's good. I'm glad you got out hunting. I'm glad your foot's all right. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the next guy that we got on the podcast is, uh, you know, we've somehow, you know, introduced him into this this crazy series of ours, basically through just, you know, knowing the right people at the right time i guess you know 400 500 miles away uh he's been awesome and uh he's getting ready to start on his own other podcast with another friend of his he'll still be on this podcast uh but y'all need to check it out hey steve how you doing doing good what's going on fellas how's the new podcast you want to tell us a little bit about that uh, I can touch briefly on it. Uh, it's called Wild Arrow Outdoors. Uh, so I, I am doing this podcast with another gentleman that I, I met through uh, competition 3D Targets. And uh, he lives in South, I'm sorry, North Dakota. But uh, yeah, we jump online and make some recordings. So we've got, uh, I think, three already posted. But yeah, we got some uh, cool guests lined up. So we're it's going to be a little bit different than what we do here. Um, we got people lined up that are, we're going to do this be more of an interview type thing than what, I mean, usually for us, as you know, we sit around and shoot the bowl and get things done that way. But I got some uh, people lined up we're going to do interviews with and we'll see how it goes. That sounds awesome, man. Um, I'm excited for you. That's going to be awesome for you. I know that you, you put so much into this, this sport and just be able to sit down and talk, talk about it. And you get the best of both worlds because we're primarily like hunting podcasts. And then you're such a big 3D guy. Now you get to talk on a totally different podcast more about your 3D shoots. So yeah, we're we're gonna set it up. Uh, my myself and my buddy Joe, we were both uh, level two uh, USA archery coaches, and both of us are old. Um, so 
we're going to try to lean a little bit more into the education slash teaching side of things. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. That'd be awesome. That's awesome. Well, me, I uh, had a couple setbacks uh, towards the end of my season. We'll talk about that in the show. But um, getting ready to wrap up season. I went out hunting last night. Uh, done a little bit um, with my brother-in-law and got a little couple. You went to a 3D shoot. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> Yeah. Don't laugh are, at me. Don't are laugh we gonna, at me. Are we going to talk about that? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. But you know, you know what? You got to give the people what they want. You, that is right. That is right. So, and what I want to do right now is I want to sit down and I want to talk God. How about that? Let's go into this daily refresher. And, you know, Travis, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Making fun of Ryan? <laughs> no better place to be, I suppose. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, all right. Um, yeah, we're going to switch it up a little bit. You, you're normally used to is the daily refresher being at the back, back end of the uh, podcast. This time we're going to put it at the front end because I just felt the need that it doesn't need to be coming last. So um, here we go. Without further ado, Mr. Steve is going to go on with a daily refresher. What you got, Steve? Yeah, so being a Christian, uh, so much of it is is having the faith and just knowing you can lay all your cares and concerns at, at God's feet, lay them at the foot of the cross. Um, let Jesus handle it for you. It's, it's too much for us to handle as, as normal humans. And then some people are hesitant to do so. Like, well, how can, how can this Jesus or God, how, how can they know what I'm going through and understand it? Um, everybody's got to keep in mind that Jesus actually came, lived on the earth is in the form of, of man, just exactly like we are. And Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And we had this one in, in church last week, and um, it, was, it was talking about the part, you know, Jesus goes out into the desert for 40 days. Um, he was fasting. He was hungry. He was getting weak. And it was all where he started his ministry, was getting closer to God and, and doing you know, exactly what God wanted him to do. But yet Satan shows up in the flesh and was also tempting him. And Jesus resisted every temptation. You know, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into a, a loaf of bread and eat. And he resi- uh, resisted that temptation. You know, throw yourself off of this high temple and the angels will catch you before you hit the ground. And again, Jesus rebuked Satan. And we're in that same boat. Um, we get tempted all the time. Just we have to learn how to trust God, uh, rebuke Satan, and and deny the temptations, and just actually one hundred percent trust that Jesus Himself has been there and been tempted Himself, but yet He came out clean on the other side. And that's where He died on the cross and rose rose again to forgive us of our sins, so we can have the same clean slate like He has. Except He did it perfectly and led by example the first time. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. We talked about that actually Wednesday night at prayer and praise that we have, <laughs> talking about how he fasted and stuff, and um, how the devil would always come into him with temptations, and he did the exact opposite of what the devil said. It's like, oh yeah, he told him to go jump off the high temple, and the angels were catching him. He's like, well, I'm gonna go wash some feet. Yep. Yeah. 
Hey, but, that, exactly. That's the way it always works, though. When we're at our weakest point, that's when Satan tempts us and we can just cave in so easy. Mm-hmm. That's why it's fine. you find it so difficult to step away from a situation when you're upset. Oh, you're having a bad day? Go go get drunk. That'll make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's um, that'll wrap that up for the Daily Refresh. That was, that was phenomenal. I think today for our church was a, a Sanctity of Life Day. Um, I've never heard of it before, but apparently it's a, it's a big thing. Um, I mean, we, we talked about revelations. We talked about that before the show. Um, just had a great church service this morning. Um, but to move on with the podcast, thank you, Mr. Steve, for doing the daily refresher for, you know, getting the first episode started out where we're going to do at the beginning of the episode, because, you know, without God, we wouldn't be able to have an episode. So, uh, Trav, you got anything to add to that? No, y'all did great, man. All right. Well, that's you're going to be your daily refresher. So let's get on to the topics here. I think it's safe to say that all three of us are done hunting. Well, just for the year. For the done, yeah, for the year. Done. Yeah, yeah. I may get one more hunt in before the end of the year, but yeah, you know, then spring, you know, planning to get after some turkeys but you know turkey season falls in the peak uh people want their yard mowed and mulched and whatnot so we'll see we'll see gotta make time for it yeah but you know i like on that bank account you know it's a little a little better than it is right now the way your bank account set up is you got a check-ins and the savings and they're, they're both getting slim at this time of year <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, season's done in Tennessee, right? Yeah. Deer season's done and we've got till the 31st for waterfowl. And Missouri, are y'all done? Yes. Our archery season slash deer season officially wrapped up January 15th. Ours ends next weekend, January 27th. Mine ended last weekend. Why? What happened? Hmm. <laughs> Isn't there yeah, still I, season left? <laughs> Here we go. Why? Like, like I don't already know. Why? Why? Yeah, go ahead. Why did your season end uh, already? Give the people what they want. <laughs> Actually, there's there's a uh, learning lesson here. Very big learning lesson. I'm going to say my learning lesson is because I skipped out on something. Really, Rim? Sorry, my dog's in here with me. She decides it's a great time to scratch her neck just right where her collar's at. So all you hear is click, 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 click. Hi, babe. But no, um, so last Sunday, uh, I was invited to go do a 3D shoot. And I was so excited about it because I had been, you know, dying to get out and shoot 3D, shoot my bow. And, um, let me let me start that over. Uh, my my brand new bow, the the bow I just bought that I shared with the entire world that I was so excited to have the Matthews lift. Yay! It was awesome. Well, in the midst of getting invited to said archery shoot, I had to skip church. I was like, okay, well, no biggie. I watched it online. Da 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 da. Well. I was shooting good, too. I was, like, nailing them. Like, my 10s were true 10s, and my 8s were right outside the 10. It was – they were nice. Um, and then 
Target 19 happened. What happened on Target 19, Ryan? My bow derailed. Oh, no. And it cracked the limbs. No. Oh. Yeah. So my bow is currently making its way back to Wisconsin. No. Yeah. So, Do you still yep. have the old bow? Do we not remember what happened to the old bow? Uh, no, actually, I don't remember. Maybe, um, maybe I've slept since then. I blew it up. Golly, <laughs> so, so you, Ron, two two. okay. So Ron's going to get this bow back and sell it and go buy a crossbow is what I'm hearing. No, <laughs> no. I would jump, I would be like that UFC fighter and jump out of the stand and go rear neck and choke a deer to death before I go shoot a crossbow. I would right, sling so, a pebble. You know, I, I would hold a a, a rifle round into my in my fingers and smack it with a ball peen hammer before I go to a freaking crossbow. So can can we uh touch briefly on why do you think the bow derailed? Are you are you saying it was possibly a Ryan issue or is it possibly a manufacturing issue that we need you know everybody needs to be careful of? Or or is uh... there any idea at all? No, I I, I, mean, I really it, it have... is a new bow, so just just checking. I have no idea. I don't know. Honestly, I felt like my draw was good. I had even drew before and let down because I had a I had a good long gust of wind come in, and you know uh, a letdown is still a good shot. So um, whenever I went to draw back again, I got about three quarter of the way. Uh, of the draw and then next thing I know my release is going through the woods and my arrows getting sent down range at the target and I didn't release it and um you know we're finding we're looking through the woods for my release and we're looking through the woods for my arrow and um Did, I don't no, know so what no, I was gonna say were you setting it down on the ground a bunch like did something get in the cam because a buddy of mine happened to him on a hunt he was hunting he was Illinois or something. He set it down walking two or three times and put the cam in the snow and said literally that his bow derailed on a shot on a deer, took it into the bow shop that afternoon. And the guy was like, did you set it down any? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, just kind of, you know, out of breath. The guy's like, even that snow and ice getting in there, the smallest thing getting in there could throw it off that much to make it derailed. I mean, that could have been a, could have been a thing. Cause I, I do have the, uh, I don't know what they're called, the exo leg yeah. limbs, the thing that you, you uh-huh. put on the bottom of your bat, bow to put on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and I was shooting with, that, with it on my bow, so I was setting it down, but the way that those are set up is to for your, your cam to not be on the ground. Yeah. Um, it could have been a torque issue with my hand, probably. i very highly doubtful, and I'm not going to say it was a manufacturer problem because I'm not 100%. Uh, I was talking to a guy at a bow shop that he was saying that like these new cams are slimmer and you know, they, you know, it's a, it's new bow. They're still working out the kinks, you know? So I, I think I'm going to chalk it up as, uh, I don't know, I guess just a weird phenomenon that I missed church. And that was God's way of saying, Hey idiot, you know, focus on me, not bow hunting. <clears throat> But yeah, the uh, channels on those cams—they're not very deep. And if you look, <clears throat> your uh, your bowstring is almost as high as that channel is. So if there's 
it doesn't take much at all for it to, you know, like Travis said, slumps underneath it or wrong kind of torque or who, who knows what. But, yeah, they can derail pretty easy. Yeah, so I, whenever it derailed, I was like – it was weird because it sent my release right through the middle of my bow. And my release – and I'm shooting a thumb button now. It hit the center roller guard, the uh, cable guard, and it, I mean, completely bent it. And uh, I sent you all the pictures. But um, it was – it needs a whole new uh, cable guard, cable roller, and um, yeah, it cracked the limbs. Uh, but like, it was weird because when I've seen bows derail like that. I've always seen just the the string go limp, but the way it derailed, it like pinched the cable and like tightened everything back up. In I, I was really, it was really weird. So. Um, you know, I, luckily, uh, I bought the bow brand new, and I have the Matthews lifetime warranty. Uh, I took it over to Skip's Outdoors yesterday. Um, he took the pictures that I took of him because he said they were good enough to send to the rep. And he took my bow, took the quiver off, took the you know everything off of it, and he tagged it and said, you know, Matthews is probably going to want it uh, to look at it, but. Right now, man, they were just saying that Matthews, and this is where I, this got cleared up for me yesterday. Matthews is like behind on orders and parts and stuff. Like they're swamped. Ever since this lift came out, they're swamped. Yeah, the lift um, and the title both. Yes. They, uh, they can't, they're having a hard time making or getting the mods. Because again, we talked about this last podcast everybody wants those 80 pound mods and again just because you can doesn't mean you should um yeah but that's what everybody's wanting and they're having a hard time getting them and like i I had one guy tell me he was like yeah good luck getting parts for your bow in that color because apparently the bottom lane camo is like the most sought after camo pattern that they've got out right now well it's Um, the school bottom lane and I mean, that's, it's like I've touched on before. Like I'm, I love bottom land and everything else, but there's become a nostalgicness to that old bottom land and old school camo in general. That's why they've like went back to mass producing it and like real trees, original pattern and everything else, you know? Yeah. The real tree what was it, edge. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, that's yeah. What so, but yeah, they, they said good luck getting parts. Uh, I know one bow shop that my my home bow shop that I like to go to, Bob and AJ's in uh, Tinicum, Pennsylvania. They uh, he said he he put an order in in December to have uh, to have them shipped in by the end of January. They just got pushed back till May. And um, the, where I got my bow, Skips Outdoors said he put an order of twelve Matthews lifts. Uh, I think he said six thirty threes and six twenty nine and a halfs. Um, and they told it, told him it was going to be in mid Jan or mid January or mid February. I can't remember. Uh, but they pushed it back till May. Um, so I'm hoping like maybe they've got, you know, like a warranty thing, like a warranty stock of parts at, um, at Matthews where it's just like, Hey, here's the limbs, put them in a box and send them back, you know, send, send them out to get fixed. I really don't want to spend, you know, all summer without my bow, but. You know, so, uh, give me give me more time to fo- focus on other things. I guess no injuries from it. 
No, thank the Lord. Yeah, that's the, Lord. that's the important part. You can always yeah. fix a bow. It may be uh, yeah. an inconvenience and frustrating, but uh, you can always fix a bow. But yeah. it's a lot better than catching a part upside the head or something or in your eyeball. Yeah, that takes us into your situation, what you just seen the other day. You want to tell us about that? Well, I, I didn't see it, but I just had some pictures sent to me of uh, a gentleman that was shooting his bow and he shot it two or three times, pulled back again, and there was a loud pop noise, and he went to let up on it as easy as he could without shooting it. And when it got to the point that the cams grabbed, you know, they actually want to want to shoot, that uh, it kind of blew apart, and cam flew out and shredded limbs, and he had pieces of limbs were stuck in his hand and stuff. I mean, again, nothing life-threatening or super serious, but uh, it definitely blew that bow up. And, there, again, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know what caused it or anything else. But, yeah, it, it can it can hurt when they go. I was shooting in a tournament one time and uh, uh, had a bow that blew upon me when I was shooting, and I was left with a riser in my hand, and all the cables and everything else were limbs were all laying in the floor out in front of me. And, yeah, it was fun. But my hand was all jacked up where parts hit me and stuff. But again, it, it went away from me and not back in my face. So I was happy. That's scary, man. That's scary. I know, like, after you told me he was okay, I, I made the joke about uh, he installed the manual split system. Yeah. Uh, split limb system on his, on his new boat. Split them limbs. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's scary because you don't know what can happen, you know. That's I, a, lot I, of, a lot of energy stored up. I'll tell you what, and this probably has it, people will probably see a reference to this. I've I, I play guitar and I've been tightening my string before, and it pop and you know come across my face. And we're talking about a metal string here, that hurts. So imagine <laughs> you got a bow that you're drawing back, you know, seventy seventy five pounds, and that string pops. You know, what kind of damage that could do or that limb breaks or whatever. So, you know, any of my guitar players out there ever pop a string and it, you know, come across your cheek, imagine, you know, what would happen if you had a bow string that comes across your face. Well, I mean, there, there's a there's a learning thing here. I mean, not you can't catch every time that, you know, an accident like that's going to happen. But, you know, everybody has to be smart and do their due diligence. Always check your bow every time you get ready to shoot. I mean, if the last time you shot it was fine and you just threw it in the case, and the next time you get back out, just just give it a quick visual. I mean, just make sure everything's tight and everything's good to go. Yeah, always check your limbs. Uh, I've been pretty adamant on that ever you know since you know I've heard of these blows bows blowing up whenever I was younger. I, I always keep a good eye on my limbs. You know, every time I go out to shoot, I want to make sure that my limbs are fine, everything's tight, my cams are okay, and um, everything looks good before I start pulling all that all that weight back because I really don't one don't want to have to be buying a new bow, and two, um, I want to keep myself safe. So, but yep, I'll be waiting a while to get my bow back, and hopefully it's just not like one of the things where I'm gonna be waiting until next season. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully, pray that you know we can get the parts in, get it fixed, and I can get back to shooting because I, I really want to go shoot. 3d this summer and go to the tax shoot and um when is it end of may so i doubt it though i mean i you know hope for the best expect the worst type of thing so but yeah um there's my story trav i gave the people what they want i'm proud i'm proud of you for your honesty 
Yeah. Yeah. That sucks that we're in this predicament, though. Yeah. Well, you know, here in a few months, <clears throat> I the same one I actually go buy a new bow, but, you know. Yeah, well, I'm glad it happened at the end of season instead of like right in the middle of the season. Yeah. You know, and then your season be done. At least I'd, I'd already tagged out a buck and a doe. And hey, you know, at least it was on a 3D target and not, you know, like a big 10 point. Uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but like, yeah, we went out uh, yesterday and I showed, um, I'll show you, Trav. I was showing Steve some of the footage that I got of my brother in law. And I edited it up. It looks it looks phenomenal. So yeah, I think like I think um really gonna focus on like learning more of like the film editing and stuff like that. Um and if I can get back into three D, you know, if I still jump in like in the middle of the season. I don't shoot three D like Steve shoots three D. I just shoot the local archery tournaments or local archery shoots. Steve is traveling for national shoots and stuff like that, so I'm ready. Yeah, you're ready? Going to get your bow yeah. today, huh? Yeah, I've had my bow in the shop getting worked on, getting new strings put on, uh, just getting it tuned, uh, which that's the great part. But then the bad news is I'm out of excuses. I, I know it's all on me now. <laughs> uh, I do have a local tournament next week that I'm shooting, and uh, there's a couple more locals coming up, and then shoot Foley, Alabama, uh, February 21st. I head down there, so I'll be ready. There you go. Yeah. What strings did you get on your bow? So the the guy that's my, my bow tech, he's actually one of our coaches we have on coaching staff with us at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his own bow shop. So he, his, his company's called Show Me Strings, and uh, he does a phenomenal job. Like, he even contacted me, like, wanting to know what knocks that I use because he, he builds a serving on the string to match my knocks. Hmm. So a shout-out to Show Me Strings. Show me strings, like the show me state, huh? Like the show me state, that is correct. There we go. Got the show me state, the volunteer state, and the keystone state. So, um, did you get any cool colors? Uh, my bow is black, and I always go with red strings with black serving. Mm. Some Georgia colors. I'm, I'm not, in. I know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, uh, I thought Missouri was black and gold. Uh, it is, but this is my black TRX. And I, I named this one Thunder, uh, so it's it's black and red. And then my other TRX I use for indoor shooting is white. It's a white bow mm. with blue strings, and I, I call that one Lightning. Mm, thunder and Lightning. So I got Thunder and Lightning. There we go. What you travel? What bow are you getting next? Uh, y'all are going to cuss me for this, but I'm getting the new knocked on edition from PSE. All right, we gotta, I ain't going to cuss you for that as long as he's not a Hoyt. No, it's not a Hoyt. You know, it's PSE. You know, I'm going to, I've, I've watched a lot of videos on it going back and forth and there's not, and me being me and wanting to be different, you know, everybody's got a Matthews and I like my old Matthews does good, shoots good still. And I'm probably going to keep it. In case, you know, I buy a new one and it decides to derail on me or blow completely apart. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, not no no, not running anybody over there. But, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I just, I've been watching a lot of videos and they come out. I don't know what it is about them. I seen one of the last year's models that Bo shot in Maryville and shot it and shot the Phase 4. And their speed-wise are real close. And I don't know what it is. I just like them. 
So I think I'm going to go with one this year. I'm going to try to go up there in a few weeks and just see what they've got in stock or when they're going to get some in. And if I have to order it, order it, order it, and go with it and see what happens. You know what the best bow is on the market? What? The one that fits in your hand the best and feels the best to you? That's right. You have a there. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, mean, I don't know. A lot of people get all hyped up about what comes out. And yeah. The new Hoyt, the new Matthews, you know, new PSE, which PSE is actually, I'm not saying they're making a comeback. I didn't say going anywhere, but like for the longest time, it was Hoyt, Matthews, Bowtech. Yeah. And then Elite started answering, like coming mm. into the, you know, the, the, the show. But well, what saved PSE was, I mean, John Dudley coming on board and this is the bow that like john dudley designed and the videos and stuff i've watched of them like setting it up and stuff like that and the guys reviews on it it's it's pretty wicked little bow what is it the mock or something like that i can't remember what this year's is called i think the mock two is what was out last year Somebody's probably gonna hear this and call me an idiot but i can't remember the name of this one it just come out i was watching videos on it the other day actually or not before i fell asleep but the only shop I know around here that actually has them is the one in Maryville. So it's going to be kind of an hour and a half trek up there to get one and have it worked on stuff. But does Cleveland even have, Cleveland doesn't even have a bow shop anymore. Turk closed down. Yeah. Turk Turk's closed down. Uh, the closest one like local to us is Harvest Archery Doc and those guys. And I like them. They're, it's a great little shop. And they'll work on pretty much anything. Like, I took my Matthews in there once, and they, you know, adjusted some stuff on it. And they'll work on anything you have. So, I'm sure if I got one, they would, I could take it in there, and he'd work on it. Any of them guys in there would be more than... Yeah. Or you can take it up to that place that we don't speak of. You know, I'm I'm not really a fan of that place. You know, they've got Matthews. And I've every time I've ever been in there and done business with them, it's not been enjoyable. Some people love it, but... Well, I said that we don't we don't speak of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama Perfect. said if you have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. But I've never done that before, so. Yeah, well, listen to her now. <laughs> but now, uh, so what? What's uh, your duck hunting season's coming to an end? How did you know? You, obviously, you're the you're the water blaster here. Yeah. So, like, how did how did this season work out for you? You know, with your foot and you know, getting, finding time and stuff like that. Well, if anyone does not duck hunt and you're looking to start duck hunting, I want you to wait until it is the most windy storm ridden day you've seen this year. (laughs) And I want you to walk outside. I want you to stand facing the wind and I want you to try to pee into the wind and expect (laughs) not to get any on you. And that my friends is pretty much what it's like duck hunting. Is that well? Hold on. Is that what it's like, duck hunting, or duck hunting with Travis Sivar Davis? Um, no, it's worse hunting with me. You know, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the normal person, especially living in the South and the Southeast. Um, no, it was pretty much a really slow year for everyone in the South. Um, up until about three, four weeks ago, it never really got cold. Everybody was really. Like, just Arkansas even was really dry. They didn't have any water. They weren't getting good pushes of birds. Hunting in East Tennessee, if you're a duck hunter in East Tennessee, you're just stupid. I mean, bottom line, you're just an idiot. you got to travel if you really want to get on birds. 
unless you want to go out there and just pick off a couple here and there and just do it for the sake of having fun, which is fun. You know, sometimes we do it opening day. We had a decent little push of birds opening weekend, the weekend before when everything got cold, it was cold above us and it kind of warmed back up. Um, well, in a few hunts, not very great, you know, couple here, there last Saturday though, we went on a good one. We, uh, a friend of mine had a spot. He locked down. It was a private spot, went in, and we killed quite a few, um, quite a few geese. We had a good little mixed bag geese, um, some gadwall, some teal, had a hood of merganser, um, had a couple we knocked down, and two of them we think swim down and grabbed hold of something, trying to get away. Never could find them, and which is kind of a pain to do, but it happens in this sport. Um, then we went went Sunday morning just to this little spot buddy of mine has didn't do near as good we had some wood ducks fly in couldn't really get a shot on them and just kind of got out of there it's one of those just like kind of quick little hunts to say we went in tried it um then it turned off into a winter wonderland around here and I had my daughter and didn't get a chance to hunt this week any yet I'm probably gonna go this weekend or sometime this week before the season ends when it starts thawing a little bit and there may be another push of birds but, I mean, yeah, literally none of my group really went this week. One guy had a bunch of training and stuff he had to do with work, and the rest of them, the ramps were literally solid sheets of ice. And every, the river's low, and if you've got a deep water spot to put in, you're not trying to risk sliding boat and truck off into the water when it's three degrees outside. Man, that's worse than derailing a bow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a lot more costly when you run a thirty five thousand dollar truck and a you know twenty something thirty thousand dollar boat off in the river too. But no, uh, it's it's not been a great season, but you know we killed a few and it's fun just to get out there and stuff. Uh, like it was like the deer season, I was still busy in the first part of the duck season opening and stuff, but everything slowed down now. So I'm trying to get out there a little bit this week, hopefully, and kill a few more short ends and then get ready for next season. I reckon. You got anything you're gonna change up next season? Uh, let's, let's let me let me rephrase that question. <laughs> deer, deer and duck. Yeah, deer. Are you, changing, are you changing anything up? Yeah, like deer. I'm. We've friend of mine's got a farm and stuff that I'm gonna help them with a little bit. Hunt. I'm trying to get us permission on a spot close to the house right now. The deer hunt. If I get it, I'm gonna you know start doing a little bit hanging cameras and whatnot in there. But getting a new bow, I'm gonna do that. I love my old bow, but I want a new one. Uh, duck not there's talk we're gonna you know take a few trips we're trying to plan it now and kind of get it locked in because like i said hunting in east tennessee you got to be a little dumb or just bored more or less to just want to go waste the time and do it there's 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 way more hunters than there is birds and if you want to be successful you gotta have a few little private spots that you go in kill your birds and leave and go on if you're hunting the river you gotta you gotta have somebody that doesn't have a job or doesn't work a schedule that most people do to get out and ride the river and find the birds around here when they're here. Um, it was so bad. There was a few times we went and seen maybe two birds in a five, six hour span and would even go ride the river and not see any. And like multiple, have multiple people in multiple boats, like riding the river, trying to find them and calling other people and everybody giving the same report of just like, Hey, it's, it's bad. Um, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much East Tennessee. We're going to try to take a few trips like out West, um, made some connections and stuff like that. And just, you know, try to get on some good birds when we go out there and stuff and then have the few little local hunts and 
be done. I am going to try to get on some turkeys this year. I do miss it. I would like to take a turkey with a bow. Don't know if it'll happen. If I kill a couple with a gun first, then yeah. I only say if I kill one with a gun, then I'm going to go after him with a bow from then on out. That'd be pretty cool to kill with a kill one with a a, yeah. uh, a bow. I think that always <laughs> that would always be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, what about you, Steve? What are you changing up? If anything, nothing. Just working harder, working smarter. Okay, Steve said uh, I'm just going to continue to take my lawn chair out. <laughs> uh, you know, I've had I've had a good season. I've had a great season, and I, I I've learned a lot. And I'm just going to keep applying what I've been doing because it's working. And then if it ain't broke, I'm not going to fix it. That's one way to put it. Yeah. See, I'm the only thing I plan on doing is that one, I'm going to try to get more property, like permission pieces. Uh, Maybe do a little bit more public land hunting. Uh, Try to, I'm going to try to convert to a saddle, like a, like a true blue saddle. I did make a, I don't know if we, did we talk about that yet? Talk about you falling out of the tree? That wasn't a saddle what? issue. What? That wasn't a saddle <laughs> issue. That was not. A, saddle <laughs> did not have anything to do with that. That was Ryan and his body weight putting it the wrong place at a tree limb snapping. Is there a learning session here for our listeners? Do as I say, not as I do. There's your learning session. Don't make a saddle at home because you think you can tie knots. No, the saddle's fine. I, I was just wasn't on the tree. Yeah, his his knots worked fine because the tree limb that broke off followed him all the way to the ground. No, I wasn't. I didn't even hook onto the tree. I was not locked into the tree at all. I didn't. I was getting on the limb. And it snapped, and I fell. So you'll so have the gra- gravity job. test was successful. Yes, gravity test for the homemade saddle sta- uh, saddle w- was successful. Uh, but next year, I plan on getting sticks and a saddle, and <clears throat> you know the ropes, the sticks, all that stuff. I, I do know how to tie all that stuff, so that wasn't the issue. It was that. I, so what you're saying is you're going to start your own saddle company. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Gravity test on every saddle. Yes. Except for Broken limb saddle company. Broken limb saddle company. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I like it. That's, that's like a perfect name. <laughs> you know what? I'm copywriting that. So if anybody's <laughs> listening... If anybody's listening and you decide to use Broken Limb Saddle Company, I'm suing you. (laughs) Broken Limb. I like that for anything. Broken Limb Archery, Broken Limb Saddle Company. You're the one to use it, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Broken Limb Bow, Broken Limb Climbing My New Saddle. Ah, it's all good. Oh, there's dual, dual meanings, man. I love it. Yeah, that yeah. didn't even register with me at first. I was like, "What is he talking?" Oh, those are the best ones too. Dang it! Yeah, that was a good one. He's a, you're the one to use it. But no, uh, no, the saddle was fine. I want to go into saddle hunting. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I like the free range of the movement around the tree. Um, 
definitely, you know, that when I get pieces, I want to hang some stands that I can just climb into instead of, because like after I hunted that public land and carried my stand in and learned that I was not in shape enough to go very far with a climber stand on my back, that was awful. And I found out that it's much easier just to walk and go straight to your stand. Unless you're Steve and you're just carrying a lawn chair in. Hey, whatever works. When you're, when you're the legend, you just you just do it how you do it. The legend. Well, that that's, goes back to, like I said, you're <clears throat> working smarter and not harder. I've figured out a pattern that deer were using, and I used the wind to my advantage, and I took a little bitty fold-up lawn chair that weighed about one and a half pounds and carried it in and sat in a chair and killed the biggest deer of my life. So there you go. Well, there you go. I mean, that just makes it easy. But then again, you're also, and I guess we consider the Midwest, one well, of those deer freaking massive. So everybody, I remember growing up, everybody was like, oh, Pennsylvania is such a good place for deer hunting. Like a beautiful place. Like I knew people that would pay to come up here to go deer hunting. And then I get up here and I'm like, where's the deer? I think a lot of places used to be better what they are now. I mean, look at the state of Illinois is a great example of that as well. You know, 10 years ago, everybody wanted to go to Illinois and hunt. And they've now made it's some, Kansas. Yeah, they, they've made changes and now Illinois is not as strong as it used to be. And uh, every time a state makes changes of, you know, there's time, like I said, if it's not broke, you don't fix it. Sometimes things are not broke and they try to fix it uh, to appease a certain group and it has repercussions on it. So, well, now it's Kansas. Everybody wants to go yeah. to Kansas. Yeah. You hear Kansas, Kansas or Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Everybody wants to go to Kansas or Iowa. But even mm-hmm. in the state of Missouri, like we, our season just ended and we just had the largest deer kill ever, I believe. It was 326,000 deer were taken. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest number we've, we've ever had, but they just made some changes, which caused that number to be escalated. And I'm afraid in another one year, two years, three years down the road, we're going to start seeing a bunch of negative numbers that show up because of the changes that were just made. Yeah. That's not that that's yeah. I agree with you on that one. What, what, what negative effects is that going to have? to you know your your deer herd your deer population well i i think when we start killing that many deer um it's your your balance is going to be off you know especially you start looking at the numbers like how many bucks were killed versus doe ratio um it's changed i mean i just saw a thing a couple days ago too where upper uh michigan is wanting to make uh, uh some changes where they're talking about having no does being harvested for like four years just because the numbers were down so bad and it's a combination of you know hunting and predation and um ehd and different things that go on but there's so many outside variables that that can affect your deer herd that i mean i don't know there's there's people that get paid big money to make these decisions but um some of them don't make sense to people on my level for sure there's a lot of people out in the woods that just scratching their head like what is going on Yeah, so there's just some things that just make you go, hmm. Yep. It's not 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope for your sake that, you know, this doesn't cause a, a huge spike and drop in the next couple of years. Um, I mean, how how is the out of state hunting? Do people come? I, I never. I know. I know. I've got a couple of guys that I watch that um, they go to uh, Missouri. Yeah, there, there's no regulations on it. You can just buy your permits over the counter and go. Okay, so you are just a. We're, we're kind of kind of open borders when it comes to that situation. Yeah. Y'all's duck numbers are even starting to drop a little bit because there for a while like the southeast corner there that like kind of bordered arkansas was doing phenomenal yep and there's still quite a few clubs out there that do really good stuff that had a little bit of a slower year this year like i touched on before but like the number me and a buddy of mine talked about this that you know just you can with waterfowl you can debate this on and on and on about whether the flyways have shifted some or not and go back and forth with different people planting different crops where they didn't used to be and holding water when they didn't used to, you know, given, given more habitat in different areas for birds and what they're used to. But, you know, it's shifted over Kansas. Kansas has always killed ducks and geese and everything, but now they're like hammering on them. And there's like a tremendous amount of outfitters there now that are killing it every year, just slaughtering ducks and geese in places that didn't used to be that good for it, you know, so, is, Travis, does a lot of that have to do, or how much of that would you think has to do with the weather patterns and, like, not not the right front pushing the birds on down and things of that nature? It it has a, it, it played a big part this year. There's a study right now that Shin put out, and I've not got to watch all of it, but they tracked, like, some of these birds over in, like, West Tennessee and, like, where they go and everything else. And, like, there's a lot of imprint ducks that go places. There's a lot of these birds that know – like, I'm going to go straight to this refuge, and I'm going to hang on this refuge till I have to leave. And I'm not going to go to these, like, to the lake, like, real foot lake, like that, because it's it's a war zone. And they know better than to do it, and they may fly it once. And if they survive it, they're like, okay, I'm not going back. Um, But then, you know, there's fronts. There was a video from, I think it was, like, December 8th or 9th. There was a guy in Saskatchewan, Canada, that posted a video in a field. And there's, like, a dusting of snow on the edges of like the field and the road. And he said, he was telling like what the date was. He said, it's 41 degrees here right now. And he panned out in the field and there was probably 500 geese in that field. He said, I've never seen this in my life. He Hmm. said, never in my life have I seen this many geese in a field this late in the season. And I mean, and it's, there's people that, just weren't, I mean, like Arkansas, there's places of guys that usually just hammer on birds. And you've got calendar birds that fly at the same, relatively same time every year in the same pattern every year and stuff. And then you go into the guys that want to touch on like, oh, it's not global warming, it's not wetter patterns, it's not people farming. Okay, well, then you look at like the coastal parts of like Louisiana and Mississippi where the coastline and wetlands are literally diminishing. It's just, I mean, there's proof of it. And then you've got people farming, different farming practices, not allowing for stuff. Like where I'm at in East Tennessee is not good for duck hunting. It could be, but we don't have agriculture that we used to. And we're a dam regulated river. So we're low, low, low in the winter where some of these places, if we could hold more water in, would give more habitat for birds. But 
you you try to get that through to a power company and TWRA to do when they're not concerned with waterfowl on this side of the state like they are in West Tennessee with like Real Foot Lake and being on the Mississippi, like right on the Mississippi Flyway. We're kind of like in between two different flyways where I live. But there's there is to touch on like guys even in like Kansas and stuff like that. You know, decades ago they you to get a tell a cornfield farmer to, you know, build levees and docks to hold water in there and leave some standing corn would have probably been like speaking Chinese. But now it's just a thing. They know they can do that and they can lease this field out to somebody for X amount of money. Yeah. It's all and, about the money. Yeah. And it's and it's kind of sad because that's what it's come to. And there's, I mean, it's like the evolution of everything else. And that's, and that's what me and a good, one of my best friends talked about hunting the other morning, just like it was a real slow morning or something. We were like, you know, it, it's kind of gotten to the point of like the age we are, like our schedules with work and having kids and everything. Like we don't have the time to come out here, ride the river two, three, four days a week, find the few birds we have, get up at one o'clock in the morning five in other people at the same ramp trying to go to the same spot for the same birds you are it's like do we just save some money take a few trips somewhere else have good hunts have good memories fun do whatever and then if it, the weather does get right and we get a good push of birds get out and hunt them here you know and then like we're, we're all gonna always hunt opening weekend it's like a tradition thing we go we camp out we hunt it's, it's something we've done for years um, but I, man, it, it's with duck hunting or duck geese, whatever, especially ducks, it's a conversation that can last days, not hours, but days on what's happening, why it's happening, what can be done, how do we do it? You know, and, and you're going to get 1500 different answers. And I've heard a lot of ball just talk about it and stuff that's happening like with Arkansas there's a big stink going on there right now where a lot of biologists are wanting to close a few of their WMAs because the amount of water they're having to hold in them. And then it's like a flood happens. It's killing the trees because the type of trees they are that are great for duck hunting and in these flooded timber areas can't hold water that long and are killing out part of the fort. So they're going to have to drain and probably take a season or two of no hunting which then is, you know, as a duck hunter, you don't want that, but then you have to try and look at it in the perspective of future hunting for your kids or for the next generation in general for hunting. Like, if you want that place to continue, are you willing to sacrifice a season or two of your time to push this on to the next generation, or do you just want it to be done for? And that's what the big stink in Arkansas is right now. And from what I'm gathering from a lot of guys, Man, there's so many variables through all of it everywhere, isn't there? Yeah. Every place is different. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, you can watch, um, you know, even we talked about it before. When you watch, like, the hunting public and stuff like that, it really shows how every, every place is different. Yeah. And yeah. this is something I do want to touch on real quick. If anybody goes listen to this, if you're a duck hunter, deer hunter, just a sportsman in general, and – there's something I really want to encourage you to do is not take social media too seriously. One, because like we've said with life in general, it's a highlight reel. 
and these guides or these well-known hunters, they're showing you the good. Okay. They're not going to show you bad days. You've got a few guys out there that will, they'll show you the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that comes along with it. And those guys, the broken bows. Yeah. They, they deserve it. Like Dr. Duck does a good job of that. Sometimes he's got a few videos where they go and may kill like two or three birds after a week scouting a whole state, you know, <clears throat> but a lot of these guys won't. And if you're especially getting into this or you're in an area that's not great for the said sport that you're doing, don't get discouraged and quit. Um, you know, it's this, that's the only thing I can really touch on because I've, you know, I've felt victim of it myself before, you know, you're sitting there in a tree stand, not seeing anything, or you're sitting in the duck blind, not killing anything. And you click on over to Instagram and you've, scroll for a minute or two and all you're seeing is these guys with like a friggin' limit of ducks or some dude you know an hour from you just shot a nine point and you're like what like what am i doing you, you, it makes you so mad in the sense you just want to be like forget it i'm done and but then you got to think like you're you're seeing the highlight reel yeah your deer hunting shows are the same way they they will literally in some cases show you 10 maybe up to 14 days worth of film and edited yeah. down to a 22 minute show. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like the way, I mean, I think it was Chris B that I just watched. He just did like a whole series of like Iowa, mm-hmm. but each, each episode, each video was a different day. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, I had this walk in. I had this walk in. I didn't shoot it. So you just watched a 20 minute video and he didn't even shoot anything. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then it pops up notification. Chris B biggest iowa deer i've ever seen or ever killed in my life yeah. and you get on there and he's a freaking stud oh it's a big deer i watched that the other day yeah it's a monster and it's like and he, and he gives things he's like yeah thanks for following along with this series and stuff like that he's got like six videos where he just well, went man, out and didn't shoot anything well that's where i think used to with the and i guess the generation like i'll say like steve's generation my our parents stuff like that was so accustomed and even us as kids were so accustomed to like shows on the outdoor channel and hunting shows like that to where it's like every episode you're killing this massive deer multiple deer and stuff like that and it's people be like why would i want somebody just you know not kill anything but then if you take the time to you know if you're one of these people that's into it obsessed with it you know and likes the whole journey side behind it that's rad to me it's rad you know of course i'm gonna be waiting on the kill but then I think with people like Chris B, Levi Morgan, other people like that, like you're going to learn something watching their videos. Like they're, especially Chris B has got more, he's put out a crap ton of videos just on shooting and stuff where I've watched. It's, I'm not going to say it's an educational video, but he tries to teach stuff. I feel like through his videos a lot of times. Yeah, he does. He does do a lot of teaching. Yeah. I like his videos of his off season prep, you know, like he shows you like, him going out and putting you know food plots in and mm-hmm. him going out and setting stands and stuff like that I, I like those videos they're good yeah. well i think it's about time for us to wrap things up unless y'all got something else y'all would like to talk about i'm good man yeah i think you we good? covered it yeah well steve's got to run off and go get his bow from the bow shop so he can get ready to take on the 3d world and show everybody what's up uh, Trav has got, you know, a good opportunity before him tonight. He's got a handle and I would like to just spend some time with my wife. So 
With that being said, thank you all for tuning in for the episode. I wrote down episode, I don't know, uh, of season two. So, with that being said, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it each and every week. Uh, make sure you all tune in for the Wild Arrow. Is that right, Wild Arrow? Yeah, Wild Arrow Outdoors, where you catch us on Spotify or Apple. Yeah, tune in, listen to them, give them a thumbs up, you know, share it with your friends and your family and your loved ones. And, um, you know, well, with that being said, say goodnight, Trav. Goodnight, Trav. Say goodnight, Steve. Goodnight, Steve. We'll see y'all later.